So today, somebody say today, we are going to be resuming our message that we started last week, okay? We're going to continue it. It's titled Game Changer. Y'all say it with me, Game Changers. Any Game Changers in the house? Amen. I hope and pray that this message inspires us to not just be Game Changers, but World Changers for His glory, amen? So we're going to continue that message. Really, we've been talking about how Jesus just turned the kingdom of God upside down and backwards. In the, in the early church, and uh, before he was uh, even ministering and ultimately crucified, uh, using the disciples to preach and teach his, his gospel message of who he, who he was and why God sent him, the, the religious communities and the nation of Israel was, was, was all a mess. It was, it was, a, it was chaos, really. To, to, put it, to put it in that sense. But Jesus, because he was breaking every single barrier that they, that they knew. He was changing the game. And, and game changers, they transform the world. Game changers transform the world that they're a part of. As we kicked this off last week, I just, I just wanted to get you thinking, thinking about some, some, some game changing uh, types of people, places, and things. Right? If you can sit and think about how our world's been transformed and changed by, by those things, people, places, and things, inventions, innovations, right? The, the, the invention of, uh, of the car, right? Anybody, thankfully, you can just hop in your car and, and travel 30 miles in about 10 minutes, right? You're glad you don't got to hitch a horse back and, and, and ride to Coleman from Arab or from Coleman to Arab or wherever, right? I'm thankful. All right, that, that's a game-changing type of invention, a game-changing type of innovation. It, it transformed the world, right? You can think of some, some sports figures, you know, the greatest coach of all time, Nick Saban. The second greatest coach, Paul Bear Bryant, right? Got some laughter, just making sure y'all are with me. Y'all are real quiet this morning. But, but what did they do? They, they, they changed the, 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 the game. Just their presence alone changes the game. And so I know those are materialistic, uh, tangible things, but I want you to know, and I hope this doesn't sound cliche, but Jesus Christ changed the world. He changed the world. And what I really want you to see, church, is how spoiled we are. Especially in the modern-day American Christian church. Y'all, we are spoiled. And sometimes when you're so blessed, it can rob you of the blessing because you don't see how blessed you are. And if you don't believe you're blessed, man, travel the world. Check out some other countries. There is real persecution going on still today. There are people that are dying for their faith today in the name of Jesus. In Afghanistan right now, they are hurting up anyone who has... I heard if they even find you and you have the Bible app on your phone, they'll kill you. Are we blessed, Holly Pond Liberty Church? Amen. And we're blessed because of what Jesus did. And so I really hope this message inspires you to see how blessed you are and then to be a good steward of that blessing. Right? So let's do a little recap. Let's look at that, that first foundational scripture. It comes out of Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. Okay, It says, But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. 
For he is the one who mediates for us a better covenant with God based on better, somebody say better, better promises. And so what we did last week and we're going to continue to do today is we looked at the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Ten Commandments and and, and the the rules and regulations and rituals through the book of Leviticus for the nation of Israel, all the things they had to observe to remain in a good standing with God. Jesus broke the barrier before they had to go to a priest. And one priest went into the Holy of Holies once a year for the sins of an entire nation. Now, in Hebrews, in chapter 8, verse 6, it says, Now Jesus is our high priest. Because of what Jesus did, you don't have to go confess your sins to a priest. Now, I want to challenge you, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. That's the word of God too, right? So do that for your spiritual well-being and for your growth. But you know what? You can connect to Jesus in your car on the way to work. You can experience his forgiveness. Why? Because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for you to be able to do that. He changed the game. He changed the world for your spiritual well-being. So you can experience real freedom, right? With Jesus, everything is better. Everything is better. Everything looks better. Everything tastes better. Everything feels better. Right? The joy that I feel is better when I have Jesus. Right? Everything is better with Jesus. It says there, verse verse 6, for a better covenant, a better promise Jesus established with better promises. It was God's plan, right? So let's look at that first new point that I'm going to give you today. We're not going to do any of the recap. If you missed the message, like Pastor Jessica said, you can get on our Liberty US app and and watch the message from last week. For time's sake, we're not going to have any recap points today. So this, this first point, like I said, we are going to do a lot like we did last week. We're going to compare and contrast of the old covenant, the old promise, and this new covenant, this new promise that the modern day church is now living in. Because of what Jesus did, right? So I hope this challenges you today. So that first point, it says, Jesus changed the game from the Old Testament to the New Testament, giving us a brand new covenant with God. I know you're super smart, and I know that you all know that. right? But this is what I want you to get. This new covenant sets us free from the law of sin and death, and it brings us into a new life of the Spirit. The life of the Spirit of God. Jesus came. Jesus didn't experience all that he experienced, I'm talking about the beatings, the whippings, the ultimate crucifixion. He didn't experience all that so you could stay bound to sin. Right? Why would he go through all of that for you? And let me backtrack. Do you know that death that he experienced is actually the death you and I was supposed to experience? So he didn't stand, go in your stead, stand in the gap for you, mediating for you, for the Father, for your forgiveness, for the things you didn't even know you were going to do yet, so that you could stay bound in sin, bound in fear, bound in doubt, bound in depression. If you want to be set free, you can. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That is true, except for one thing, you. You're the only thing that is keeping you from staying stuck and from moving forward to where God wants you to, have, to, to go and for the blessings that he wants you to have. So the life and the death and the ministry, three and a half, just think, 
The ministry of Jesus was three and a half years. Think of all he did in just three and a half years. All those things combined were put together for your total. Somebody say total. Healing, your total freedom. And you can have those things if you choose to. You know, and sometimes we can say a prayer and I can feel the presence of God or I could get born again and get saved, you know, and I wake up the next day and all my problems, all my circumstances are what? They're, they're still there staring me at the face, right? And so I feel like part of us being spoiled is we, we, we think maybe I can just say this prayer uh, and magically all my, my problems are going to disappear. Now, I wish that was true, but it's not. If that was true, why would you need your faith? Right? And so when you get born again, hear me, your problems don't stop. You have to continue to choose Jesus every single day. You have to walk your freedom and walk your faith out every single day. It has to be a daily choice. And if you are on that, that daily faith, is anybody on that daily walk, that daily that faith that I'm talking about, right? You begin to experience freedom, and each day you get more and more liberated, more and more joy and peace and presence and power and freedom. Amen? Sometimes when you do say that prayer, you know what? I've seen people, God answers that prayer miraculously. And He can do that. And He can do that for you today. I don't know where you're at. But I just want to be real with you this morning. Because we don't serve a genie. Right? We serve the Son of God. And He wants to bless you and He wants to help you. I just want you to know, if you want to give your life to Christ, that's an amazing blessing, but it's going to cost your life. Jesus said, those who will lose it for my name's sake will find it. And so if you're trying to hold on to worldly things or things that you still secretly enjoy in the dark of your recesses of your mind, those secret sins, you can't be, you can't be all in on God. You have to die to self and die to sin. And that's what Jesus did. He set us free from the law of the sin and death. Right? Look at Romans 8, 1. Excuse me, we're going to give you two scriptures. Chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? Anybody ever heard that before? Right? The Lord challenged me on this verse this week. I may have maybe even said this. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You know what? But he doesn't stop there. <laughs> Paul didn't stop there. That sounds good. But there's something that is applicable to you and to me and what something God calls me to do to take me higher. Right? So there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, comma, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So if you belong to Christ and you walk according to the Spirit and not the flesh, there is no condemnation. Come on, somebody. So if you are saying no to temptation, those things, and you are saying yes to God, there's no condemnation in you. God calls you alive in His Son, alive in Christ. And that's when His presence and His peace and His power can be manifested through your life. Right? Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of Christ has made me free. Somebody say free. 
from the law, there it is, of the sin and death. He's, a, he's referencing the Ten Commandments. He's re- referencing all those laws in the book of Leviticus that are, are on and on and on. Right? He's saying because of what Jesus did, he changed the game. Because of what Jesus did, you can be set free. There can be no condemnation. There can be forgiveness for you if you choose his spirit over your flesh. If you choose his life over your life. Right? That's what he's saying. That's what Paul's saying in Romans. And so there's, there's really two things, two choices I have to make on a daily basis. I have to choose the way that I walk. Am I alive in Christ, walking in the Spirit? Or am I dead to sin, walking in agreement with the enemy? You know, you cannot be doing both of those at the same time. You are in agreement with God and what He says about you, or you are in agreement with the enemy and the lies that He spews about you. And so I have to be alive in Christ, walking, being led in the Spirit, or I'm dead to sin, walking in death. So how are you walking today? Are you succumbing to those, those temptations? Or is that still small voice triumphing in your heart? Because that's, that's the, the, the rock in the, in the hard place. That's where your faith is either coming alive or it's being snuffed out. When the Holy Spirit says you're watching something, the Holy Spirit says, you know what? This ain't good for my soul. Are, are you picking the remote up and shutting it off or changing the channel? Or are you just sitting there not doing anything? Are you alive in Christ? Or are you dead to sin? And the Holy Spirit, y'all, is far superior even over your conscience. You can have a good conscience. That's not what I'm talking about. Your conscience can help y'all, but the Holy Spirit is a still small voice, come on somebody, that is talking to you directly from God to help you and to lead you. We're going to talk about him being a helper today and how Jesus broke that barrier, giving us the, the Holy Spirit to help us, right? So how are you walking? The answer to that question, how you are walking, reveals your spiritual condition. Did you know that? The answer to that question that I just asked you reveals your spiritual condition. I'm alive in Christ or I'm dead to sin. Amen? Look at that next point. So Jesus, one of the things he did as he changed the game is he set us free. We can be totally free if we choose to be every single day. Okay. Another thing that he did is I want to talk about the qualification process that he did for you. He calls you qualified now. Did you know that? No matter what you've done. But this point, it says, under the old covenant, the law brought death. It declares all men guilty and disqualified. The law, uh, excuse me, the new covenant brings the life of the Holy Spirit and qualifies us to be ministers of the gospel. You are qualified, not because of what you've done, but because of what God did on your behalf. Ian's not qualified to stand up here and try my best every single week to bring you a word from God. I can't do that. But because of Jesus, I can. Because I have a testimony of where he's brought me and what he, where he is bringing me currently. Right? And he doesn't see Ian as super special. I mean, he loves me. But those same gifts and that calling, those things that he qualified me to do, are qualifying for you also. Not based on what you've done, but based on the fact that he loves you and he's for you. 
And he wants to see you flourish. Jesus didn't die so that you could stay stuck in sin. He also died so that you could flourish. And so that you can help save your family and, and your parents and your kids and, and your grandkids and anybody that you want to talk to about Jesus, you can. Right? Because according to the law, the law was still good. Jesus isn't God's plan B, okay? It all comes together. But the law, see, the law didn't change the heart of man, right? Only Jesus can change the heart of a man and woman. So the law just showed our shortcomings, right, on a list. And so I was jumping through hoops to satisfy God, but my heart never changed. I was doing what I, what I was told to do, not because I wanted to. When Jesus comes alive in your life, you'll begin to not do the things that you used to want to do. Right? That's the Spirit of God working in your life. And so Jesus, He redeemed us, even though... We were still evil. How good is that? Even though we couldn't fulfill the law, Jesus still chose you. He still came and died for you. He still came and redeemed you. He literally bridged the gap of mankind to the Father. And he did that through the cross. Right? Mankind connecting to the Father. Creation connecting to heaven. Right? The cross. A forever statement that forever says you are loved, that forever says God is for you, that forever says you're forgiven, that forever says you don't have to stay stuck if you don't want to. Right? God, he qualifies us. He, he's chosen us. Look at Romans. We're, we're still in Romans. Look at, we're going to go back to chapter 3, though. Verses 19 through 20. He's talking about the law. He says, obviously the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. Y'all know the entire world has fallen short. I don't care how good of a, a good person you think you are. I said last week, hell is going to be filled, filled, somebody say filled, with good people. Hell is going to be filled, somebody say filled, with, with, with woke people. People that, 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 that didn't say the thing out of an offense for somebody else, even though they knew it was true, they didn't believe in Jesus, they're going to burn in hell together. That breaks my heart. That breaks God's heart. God doesn't send anybody to hell. We send ourselves because we reject God. Right? So the law was designed to show the world that we fall short of God's glory. But verse 20, he says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Like I said, the law can't change your heart. Only Jesus can do that, right? So the law simply shows us how sinful we are. And so no matter how far or how high your walk takes you with God, with the Holy Spirit and Jesus, never forget who is doing the good in you. Sometimes uh, I can get to daydreaming. I can think, man, Ian, you're doing pretty good. Man, you came from a mess. You, you own your own house. You're a pretty decent husband. You're, 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 you're trying your best as a pastor. Man, you got a good job. You're doing pretty good. And I got to be careful not to let that voice continue to rise up inside of me because pride will take over. I got to say, you know what, Ian? No, Jesus. Because of Jesus, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing. I want to be surrounded with the people that I'm surrounded with 
right? Ian is evil. Ian, apart from Jesus, is no good. I'm only the Ian that y'all know today because of Jesus, right? And so we have to remind ourselves that, 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 that we are evil on the inside, and that's why Jesus had to come to redeem the world. Look at 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. And here's the good part. This is, this is how I want to prove to you that you're qualified, okay? It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own, like I was just saying. Our qualification comes from who? God. He has enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant, ministers of this new promise that I'm talking to you about today, right? This is a covenant, a promise not of written laws, but of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, right? The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. Tell somebody the good news, church. Tell somebody this, this, this secret, this, this good news, this gospel. You're qualified because of what Jesus did, so your life's going to be better. But Jesus wants to qualify and call every single person that will come and hear truth. And begin to examine themselves through the lens of God. And begin to examine themselves through the church and through, through other like-minded believers as we continue to help each other grow and raise each other up in the full goodness and the truth of God, right? Because that is the gospel in a nutshell. I'm qualified, so God wants to use me to help others know that they're qualified too. Y'all, there's preachers and teachers sitting in here right now. There's preachers and teachers watching online right now. There's a ministry that God has birthed in your heart that is just waiting for you to say yes to God. Now, you can't do it on your own. God wants to do it through you. When Pastor Keith asked me and Pastor Jessica to be campus pastors, it kind of blindsided me. I mean, I kind of knew that was going to happen, but it happened a lot quicker, somebody say quicker, than we thought. And doubt began to rise up. I, I began to think, question my calling, and you know what? I'm so glad I said yes. God is never going to call you to do something that you're just going to have like total 100% peace about. I'm sorry. It's never done that with me. I hear a lot of pastors say, when you, when you know, you just have peace. I'm like, yeah, I've experienced this peace, but a lot of times when he's calling me into something ba- greater and, and bigger, it's going gonna, it's gonna to challenge me. Anybody go to the gym and work out, right? When you go to the gym, you, you, you can't get better. You can't get a bit stronger if you don't challenge yourself. If you don't push yourself to an exhaustion, you never grow. God, I believe, is the same way. You have a ministry, you have a call, but you're not going to get it fulfilled unless you 100% rely on Him. And I believe that's why He gives that to us, because He knows that deep down, you won't say yes until you know you can rely on Him and trust Him to get you through. Then He begins to bless your ministry and your life and everything that you touch and the people you come in contact with, right? When you surrender and submit to him in that call. And so I want you to know you have a calling. A lot of y'all are already operating, ministering, walking in the glory of God. I get to see it. Some of y'all are, are on the verge, right? You're like, you're like I'm about to say yes, right, God? And, and that's okay. I, God loves you regardless. But why would you miss out on the most amazing blessing, the, the most awesome thing that I get to do every single day is what I'm doing right now. Right? Sunday's my favorite day. And I have a great life, but there's nothing more powerful than when you are walking and ministering 
and what God has placed inside you, the gifts and talents and anointing that only you have. Right? It's going to bring you so much joy when you begin to do that. See the joy. Don't see the, 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 the step of faith you have to take to say yes to God, right? Be, have the joy set before you of what God is going to do through you. Amen? Look at, so look at that, now, that next point. We're cruising along here. The next thing that Jesus did to, to change the game and change the world and break the barriers is under the old covenant, we were powerless to overcome the weakness of our flesh, the devil, the world, and the world systems, right? But in the new covenant, it, we're empowered, where he empowers us by the Holy Spirit to walk in victory. Somebody say victory. I love that word. Victory is yours if you want it, right? Over the world, excuse me, our flesh and the devil. So in, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, if you study and read your Bible, before Jesus came, you would read and the Holy Spirit would come. Something amazing would happen and then he would retreat and he would go back. So the good news for you and me is Jesus, and I'm going to show you through Scripture, he came so that he could release that Holy Spirit forever until he comes back. Because the Holy Spirit is the key, somebody say key, to the victory of every single problem, circumstance in your life. The Holy Spirit is the key. Jesus is important. I ask you this all the time, though. Where's Jesus? In heaven, actually. Did you know that? Seated at the right hand of God, who is in heaven. And the Holy Spirit is where? Here on earth. Living in the hearts of believers. And so if the only part of God is available here on earth, why are you ignoring Him every day? Right? We still pray to God in Jesus' name, but Holy Spirit, I need your power. That's the key to your victory in every problem that you experience, every problem that you, that you face. A thing that you're praying about, the Holy Spirit's the key. The Holy Spirit's the one that's going to bring this Word of God alive to you. If you've ever read your Bible before you were, you were born again or, or experienced the Holy Spirit in your life, it probably didn't make a whole lot of sense. Before I was born again, I, 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 started, I tried to read this book every now and again. Like any old book, what do you do? You start at the beginning, right? Genesis 1. And it never made sense. It was just, I'm like, man, this is a big old book. This don't, what, why do people, what do they see in this, right? When I got born again, literally that day, I was in Teen Challenge all the way up in Lansing, Michigan. I got in my bunk that night, and the Word of God came alive. Like revelation, like, oh my God, I can see myself in every scripture. And it gave me a life verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, I, he gave that to me. I didn't know it was like a world famous scripture that's on every single coffee cup and every Jesus shirt in the world, right? I was just born again and I, I, I don't know how I got into Jeremiah, but I actually highlighted, that was like the, the first verse I ever highlighted and wrote down and memorized. I inscribed it on my bunk. I wasn't supposed to do that. Put my name in the date. I didn't get kicked out, praise God. But why? Because I saw myself in the Word of God. And until you begin to see yourself in the Word of God, you won't think you're valuable enough for God to die for you. I want you to know if you read his word and it doesn't make sense to you, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. He's your helper. 
I want to prove that to you. Look at John 16, 7, 8. This is Jesus at the tail end of John. Right? He's having a moment with his disciples. He's giving them some hard truth, telling them that he's about to leave, and they're probably confused and they don't understand. And he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Holly Pine Liberty Church, it was to our advantage that Jesus said yes to the cross. For I, if I do not go away, he said, the helper, there it is, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. He can't come and change your life if I don't go. He can't come and redeem you if I don't go. He can't come and forgive you forever if I don't go. But if I do go, if I depart, then I'll send him to you. Right? And when he does come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And he'll, he'll convict the sinners that they need a Savior. And he'll come and fill that empty, voided place in mankind's heart. And let them know that they're loved by God and fill them with his presence and peace and power. Right? And so if God sent his helper to help you every single day, why are you ignoring him? Why are you ignoring your helper? The Spirit of God. I, I can look at my life and sometimes... Can I be real with you for a minute? Oh, your pastor ain't all, all holy and put together all the time. Trust me, just ask Pastor Jessica. Sometimes, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? I can find myself in, in my head space or a mental space that I'm in. I'm like frustrated and, I, and I'm mad and I'm, I'm trying to fix all this stuff of my own my own just strength and my own power, my own thoughts and my own ways and my own ideas and all this stuff. And I found myself getting more short-tempered and more angry and more stressed out. And then it's, a, it's like at the last hour, I'm like, oh my gosh. Holy Spirit, help me. Am I preaching? Or I can watch the news and I get sucked in. I'm like, man, this is really making me mad. Why aren't they understanding this? Why aren't they understanding? And I'm just like, I know how it ends. Holy Spirit, help me. Right? What I want to challenge you is let's not get all the way to the last hour. How many opportunities did I miss until I had the revelation that God is with me as my helper? Did I miss out to help some other people along the way? Come on, somebody. Right? Jesus broke the barrier, changed the game so that we don't have to experience that. Now, we're not perfect. We miss it. It's okay for that to happen, right? But I want to, I want to live in victory as much as possible. Right? I want to live in victory as much as possible. And if you have kids, you know, they're watching you. They are sucking in everything. And so the way I respond in those types of situations, Xander's watching me. And I want him to respond as an overcomer, as a conqueror. Right? He's going to see his dad, hopefully, as a, as a hero one day. And so I want to depart that in him. That's something that can outlive me on how Pastor Ian responds in situations and, and tough trials and things like that. Because it can, it, can, it can outlive me. It can outlive you. Right? And the Holy Spirit is the key for us doing that. Go down a couple verses. Look at verse 13 and 15. I love this. And so the whole, Jesus references the Holy Spirit as the helper. But did you know that he actually referenced the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth? The spirit of truth. And as I walked in this morning, Jennifer, you were talking about this exact same thing. I'm like, God, you're so good. You're talking about us needing the spirit of discernment. You have it if you believe in God and you ask for it, right? He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into what? All truth. All truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. 
And he can guide us into all truth, for he will speak not on his own authority, the Holy Spirit, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. Things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine, of Jesus' righteousness, and declare it to you, to you and to me. Jesus said it's important that I go so that this Holy Spirit can come and give you everything that I worked for for you. That is upside down and backwards. That's some good news. right? Jesus' righteousness applied to my life for nothing that I've done, nothing that I deserve. Right? Verse 14, he will glorify me, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Jesus says everything that the Father has are mine. And the Holy Spirit is going to impart those to you. What is God's, what is mine, now belong to you because of what I've done. Right? Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to give you the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That doesn't make sense to your pastor. That's too good to be true. That might be a message one day. Too good to be true. Because that's how good it is. Y'all, we're spoiled. Somebody say spoiled. We are spoiled. Only His power can defeat the world, the flesh, and the devil, and the sins that have come against our life. And it's only because Jesus came to send his Holy Spirit that we can experience victory over those things. Those things that come against us, those things that are trying to hold us back, and the righteousness of God are available to you and to me because of that foundation that Jesus laid and ultimately crucified on a tree. Amen. Look at that last point today. And it says, under the old covenant, we were bound to the letter of the law. We were bound to that contract, that covenant, that promise, right? That God sent through Moses. But the new covenant, it liberates us by the spirit of truth, by the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, empowering us to live a life that honors God. When Jesus comes alive in your life, you don't have to act it. You don't have to. I don't know how else to say it. You can rest in what God has done for you when you really believe what God has done for you. Does that make sense? And so we can live a life that honors God because of what Jesus did. right? And because of what Jesus did, I can see my life in a whole different light, a whole different revelation. Kind of like uh, somebody from the, from the Bible, you remember the blind man? He said, I was blind, and now I see. Right? When you come alive in Christ, you realize how blind you was. But now you see how much you can see now. We all have blind spots. And in our sin, we are really entrenched in blind spots. Right? And so we know the truth and can walk in truth always once we come to that complete revelation of what God did through him, right? Look at that, um, John 8, 32. Y'all read this together with me. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Because of the Holy Spirit, you'll know the truth. You'll be, you're not blind anymore. You can now see, and that's what's going to set you free. The, the Lord showed me that the foundation of your freedom is, is, is based and rooted and set in truth. 
You can't be free apart from truth. The foundation of your freedom, the foundation of your, your anointing, the foundation of the best that God has for you is rooted in truth. You can't get to there without truth. And as long as you have dark secrets, as long as you have sins that you're holding on to, you're living a lie. You're not fully in truth. When you fully come to God in the light of his truth, you're set free. You see that you're a sinner that needs a savior. You see that God could love you and can love you. And you see the good in yourself along with the bad. And God says, I want to shine in you to dispel the darkness so that I can raise you up and mold you and shape you on the potter's wheel, right? And to help you and to lead you and to guide you and to set you free, to liberate you. Acts 1 through 8, I'm going to give you the best part last here. This is after Jesus has already appeared a couple times on Easter and on the beach shore to the disciples that were in the boat. The disciples are hiding out because they think they're probably going to get killed. And Jesus just shows up, you know, boom. And he says, speaking to the disciples, but you will receive power. I want you to underline that. I want you to highlight that. You will receive power power when the Holy Spirit, some translations say the spirit of truth comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Judea, Jerusalem, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God wants to empower you to live in victory, and not just for you. He wants you to walk in peace, power, and presence because he wants to change the world. It says, you will tell my people where? Everywhere. Everywhere that you go, someone should hear the goodness of God. Every person you come in contact with should hear something good that God has done for you or that he's doing through you currently. And if you want to take him even farther where he's about to take you, they might look at you kind of crazy. right? And he's about to take me to, right? Sometimes they kind of look at you like, is that just me? And they're kind of, yeah, okay. I know. I believe what he said. He birthed that in me and he's going to take me. I didn't say it was going to be easy, but I know what he said. Right? That's boldness. That's confidence. That, that, that's the spirit of God. It's not an arrogant, prideful spirit. It's confidence in knowing who my father is and what he said. And that's not nothing Ian could do alone. That's the power, somebody say power, that I received from God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit to be able to do those things. Amen? Amen. Y'all join me in prayer this morning. I just felt led. I don't think I've ever done this. As we're talking about the Holy Spirit this morning, maybe you're here this morning and you've never, you've never asked You've said the prayer to accept Jesus, but maybe you've never asked for the Holy Spirit to come alive inside of you. So the first thing I want to do before I do just a regular altar call is, if you're here today or you're watching online and you've never asked God to give you the Holy Spirit, and maybe things aren't making sense or you feel like you're, you're doing all these things in your own power, and you, you, you don't need your power, you need His power. 
And so if you want to do that right now, you just I want to pray over you. So all I want you to do is if you want to accept his Holy Spirit right now, I just want you to raise your hand. Just raise your hand real high. If he's not living and operating in and through your life, and you want that gift, you want that power, right now I want you to, to lift your hand. I want to pray over you. Amen. Hallelujah. No hands, that must mean we're all living and operating through the Holy Spirit. Praise God. It means we got a powerful church in Jesus' name. World changers in Jesus' name. Last thing I want to do before I fully close. If you're here today, I've talked about a lot, but if Jesus Christ is not Lord of your life, nothing you can do to change your life, to get God's good graces, to, to feel better, to you fill in the blank. If you're here and you're in a tough place, the only thing I promise you, the key to you breaking out of that place is Jesus Christ. And so if you just want to accept him as your Lord and Savior, it's so easy. You just say, you tell God, I'm not God. Forgive me. I've sinned. I've fallen short. I want the righteousness of God. I, I believe that your son came and died for me so that I could be set free. If you want to do that today, right now, I want to ask you to do something. I want you to stand up. Just stand up right now. If you want to accept God in your life, it would be the best decision you ever made, I promise you. If you've already born again, made that decision, I want you to pray for the lost right now. Pray for the lost. Come against the enemy in doubt for those that may not think they have to stand up. You know, you can say a prayer. Jesus broke the barrier. You can go home and say a prayer in your bed tonight and you can accept Jesus. But why would you miss out on the opportunity if God is speaking to you right now? How would you miss out on that? I want to give you a few more seconds to accept God. If you're watching online, you can make that decision too. Just put something in the chat. Say, I'm making that decision. And we will pray for you. Amen. Hallelujah. No one is physically standing in our, in our sanctuary, but someone could be online. So I want to lead us all in a prayer, okay? I want you to repeat after me, loud and proud. Heavenly Father, God, we believe in you. We love you. We accept you today. Jesus Christ. Come alive in my life. Be my savior. Be my helper. Be my leader. From this day for the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good stuff. So awesome. Well, hey, we love you guys so much. We're so glad that you came and experienced church with us today. Anyone else thankful you came to church today? Amen. We're thankful you came. We love you, okay? So uh, y'all are dismissed, but please come back and see us again next week, okay? Y'all are dismissed.